Welcome, welcome, um, everybody. Thanks for checking me out. Uh, my name is Prez. Um, this is the first episode of On the Air with Prez. Um, just a little podcast that I've, I've been thinking about starting for a while. Um, and I finally just got my shit together and just was like, you know what? Let's, let's just get it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, like I said, this is episode one. Thank you for checking us out. Um, I'm here with my man, Nagoose, um, good brother, um, in honor of Black History Month, um, I decided I wanted to um, set it off with this brother right here. Um, Nagoose is, is on the air with Prez. Welcome, brother. How are you? Thank you, brother Prez. Good, man. Peace, everybody. Uh, good, man. Um, thank you for being my first guest, man. It's this, this to me is like, you know, a little uh, of a um, uh, uh, history in the making, you know, I want to I say. I feel like, you know, the things that I want to do with this podcast and where I want to take it, you know, I feel like, you know, this is just the beginning and I appreciate you um, taking the time out your busy day, your busy schedule to sit here with me and uh, chop it up. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on as your first guest. I'm saying the first, first time is always good and great and memorable, man. So I appreciate that brother. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, man. Yes, indeed. Um, so first and foremost, I want to um, pay respects and uh, send shout outs to um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, you know, this podcast right now is being recorded on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, and uh, I just want to just, you know, like I said, pay those proper respects to that man um, and his family. You know what I mean? Um, today uh, would have been he would have been 92 years old um, on January 15th. Um, January 15th was his actual birthday. He would have been 92 years old if not for his assassination in 1965. Um, so just uh, want to just shout him out real quick. Um, so real quick about me, um, you know, I've been um, on a couple podcasts over the last couple of years, over the last three years or so. I've done a couple podcasts uh, with my brothers. Um, shout out to the Weasel Classic crew. Um, my brothers, uh, you know, they helped me, uh, on this path. Um, and that was a great, great experience. We, uh, uh, we did that for like about three years and now we're back with another show called Belligerent State of Mind. So, um, same, same brothers. We, we just kind of like reinvented ourselves per se. Um, so definitely check us out, you know, Belligerent State of Mind podcast comes out every week. Um, and we uh, basically we cover various topics um, and issues dealing with the culture, you know, current events and all that. Um, so, yeah, it'll be great if you guys can check us out. Let me know what you think, feedback and um, opinions and all that. You know, it's kind of like an interactive kind of a podcast. So, you know, you could join us on the Zoom, um, you know, make live comments while we on live on Zoom. And then, you know, check us out on our social medias as well. Um so with this podcast specifically, um, I, I said, you know what, even though, you know, I'm having a great time doing it, it's four of us on, you know, a podcast that's about an hour, hour and a half, can't really get into too many topics like you really want to, you know? So I said, you know what, let me just 
go ahead and talk about um, the things that I feel need to be fleshed out. You know what I'm saying? With, with this podcast, with my podcast. Um, so that's how On the Air with Prez was, uh, was created. Um, and I'm just, you know, here to talk, you know, certain topics um, with people that I know and, you know, just to get perspective on, you know, how they feel about certain issues, you know, that affect, that's affecting us. Um, so let's get to it, family. Let's, um, let's go ahead and, um, get into the reason why we're here. Um, and, um, first off, I just want to say when I met you, you know, I recognized that you were an intellectual, knowledgeable brother, you know what I mean? I felt that energy between, you know, me and you and all the other brothers in the Gentleman's Factory, um, shout out Gentleman's Factory as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Where we actually met. Um, you know, we, we talked in our conversations a couple of times we talked, you know, I know you're an educator, family man, artist. Um, so I just want you to, you know, just tell me about yourself, man. Start with your name as a matter of fact. Let's, right. let's, let's go into that. Yeah, peace, man. So, yeah, so my name is Nagus Adiemi. Nagus is Amharic, uh, means king. Yes. Um, language spoken in Ethiopia. Yes. Um, Adiemi is Yoruba, Nigeria, means the crown fits me well. So um, I have an East African name and a West African name that both have regal meaning and statuses to it. Um, so I'm a poet, spoken word artist, along with an engineer, um, family man, businessman. Um, I perform at poetry books. I have my own poetic greeting card line. I do poetry writing programs for teens, preteens, and adults. Um, yeah, and I just do my best to uplift our young men, women, girls, and just all of us as a, as a, as a you know, kind of like, you know, with Juwali, you know, uplifting fallen humanity. You know, our people are not, me, I believe, are not in a state where we should be. Okay. And I do my best to use the skills and tools and gifts that I have with my words to uplift and honor our people. Facts. Okay. I like that. I like that. Now, these, these gifts, man, like, was it like a natural thing? Like one day you woke up and was like, you know, I'm nice with the words. I'm, I, I just know how to put these words together. Or was it like something that you crafted over years and years? You know, like how were you introduced to poetry and how were you able to get as good as you are? Yeah, um, I have learned to become as good as I am today. My father's a Calypsonian. Um, both my parents are from Barbados. My father sings Calypso. Um, I grew up around all the great Calypsonians in Barbados. Okay. So I grew up around one of the best storytelling art forms in the world, which is Calypso. Um, the double entendres, the metaphors, the, there's a lot of great storytelling and wordplay in Calypso. And I grew up around all of that. So subconsciously, you know, I was being fed that. Okay. And I didn't know at the time that, you know, that it was, it was growing in me. Until so, I mean, when I got into high school and I, I used to be given an English class poetry assignments and I would just do them easily, but I never took it seriously. I would even do people in my classes homework, their poetry homework. I would do it for them. And um, it's easy. And, and I always had a way with words um, with opposite gender. And I, again, I didn't take it <laughs> as a way that, you know, as a gift or skill. It wasn't until I got older and I started to realize where, you know, I'm also a Gemini. Okay. Um, June 20th, the last day of Gemini. Okay. And if you are familiar with the Zodiac signs, Geminis are master communicators. Mm. Um, if you look into probably some of your best artists or best storytellers, they're Geminis. 
mm. <clears throat> whether it be Prince, whether it be um, Nicki Giovanni, whether it be Lauren Hill, Biggie, Pac, Heavy D. Wow. I can continue to go on and on and on and wow. on and on. Um, right. You more than likely will find that they're Geminis. Okay. And I start to realize, I say, wow, okay, so I'm, you know, according to the stars, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and I grew up around friends that were rappers or were just into the arts. But at the time, myself, I just, I didn't think that I was that good. Um, I had other focuses at the time period, but it wasn't until um, I got into college. Okay. And I started actually crafting words, taking the time, and I, and I discovered spoken word. It, it was just like a, an epiphany for me. It's like, wow, these people can just come on stage and just give these stories. And, you know, that's when that poetry was hot. So I was like, man, you know, these people really can make things happen and make things move like, like magi, like mystical people. Mm. And that's when I started to really absorb the craft. And I took time, I, you know, read poetry, watched poetry, I breathed it. And I took the time, I, you know, I, I started putting my own energy into it. And that's where I'm at now. That's dope, man. So you kind of came up in the era where hip hop was pretty much in its golden age, I would say. Um, yeah. Right around the same time, you you found this 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 hidden talent, this talent that you have for poetry. Mm -hmm. Did you ever want to be a rapper? Did you ever write in a way where you were actually writing raps as opposed to poetry? Nah, nah, I, I wasn't. Um, hip hop wasn't really. I was uh, not hip hop. Rap wasn't really big growing up for me. Like I said, my my parents were from Barbados. Okay, so, so in my household was a lot of calypso, soca, reggae. That's what I, that's what influenced me and inspired me. With the words, you weren't in the, uh, you weren't growing up like in the early nineties, like yeah, yeah, no, no, the, I, it was around me, but the influence of it as in as in wordplay okay. wasn't as much as like, I, I grew up, I, I grew up, um, loving R and B, hip hop. I, I actually one of my first actually rap groups that I really really loved was the X Clan. Okay, um, mm. but that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, 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 like you know, just just the whole imagery and the in the the power and the words, but. At that time in my life, it was it was Calypso, Calypso, Soca, Reggae, right. Lovers Rock, like those, those connected closest to me. Okay, right. Like I felt, um, like I said, it wasn't just in my house all the time. It was where I was at. Okay, you know, I was going back to Barbados a lot as a child. Um, the culture, the Caribbean culture, was always in me. So if you ever take the time to listen to old Calypso, um, you would hear the clever wordplay, and we and we speak about hip hop. Majority of the founders of hip hop are all Caribbean. So again, no matter no matter how you twist it or turn it, you know, the Caribbean, Grandmaster Flash is Bajan. Um Cool Herc was Jamaican. Yeah, and and, and Antiguan. Antiguan, okay. Um, you know, Dougie Fresh is Bajan. Um, you know, we keep going on and on and on and on. Like there's a huge you know, biggie Jamaican. Like you can keep going on and on and on about all the Caribbean influences. So, right. you know, hip hop, all these kind of things is big, obviously universally now. It, it, it was a big spark in America, but for me personally at the time, people would tell you too who grew up around me. Every, when everyone was bumping hip hop all day long, I was the one bumping the Bounty Killer, the Beanie Man, mm. the, um, mm. you know, the, the Maxi Priest, the Sizzler, the Capleton, yeah. the Buju, yeah. you know, yes. those yes. people really, really influenced me on a, on a high level. Definitely, definitely. I, I could uh, I could agree with that, man. Um, I concur. They they definitely was a heavy influence on me also. Um, but hip hop for me was like it just it just resonated, you know, all, all these 
all of these um, artists from, you know, the early 90s and, you know, growing up in Brooklyn, growing up in Flatbush, you know, I, I actually seen a lot of these rappers, you know, I actually, Special Ed and, and Chub Rock. Jamaican, both of them. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it was just like, you know, cats like, shout out um, Smith and Wesson, you know, yeah, when I would be in Bed-Stuy, I would, I would run into, run to them cats. Um, so for me personally, I, I definitely checked for Bounty and, and Buju and Shaba and, and Supercat and all of them, you know, still rocking with them, but they were like a distance away from me, you know what I'm saying? They were removed, but, but these hip hop casts, I was seeing them in the street, you know, seeing them, you know, up and down, Flatbush and whatnot. So, um, but that's what's up, man. Speaking of um, MCs, is a Brooklyn MC, right? Brooklyn MC, Tyler Kwali got this saying, man. Um, it says, uh, life without knowledge is death in disguise. And that always resonated with me as well. Like, you know, he 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 has a song on um the Black Star album, him and uh and most deaf, um, knowledge of self. Um uh he he had, I got that saying from that. And then he also says something about um he has a line, a knowledge of self, knowledge of self is like death and dis excuse me, knowledge of self is like life after death. Apply it to your life and let destiny manifest. You know what I mean? So that was something that I it just resonates. Like I said, again, you know, it, so what, like when it comes to knowledge, you know, knowledge of self, I feel like that's one of the reasons why we are here today to talk about like black history month, because I feel like at the end of the day, a lot of the things that we were taught in school growing up as a kid, when it came to black history month in February, it was like, very um, sanitized, you know what I mean? It, it was like, there was just a certain amount of people that they taught you about. There was, you know, a few events that they taught you about, you know, maybe one person from different category. Like you would hear about Harriet Tubman, obviously, you know, you would hear about, you know, like maybe one inventor, you know, um, we, uh, uh, we we spoke about him earlier, Carter. Uh, uh, Gary Morgan. Gary Morgan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Gary Morgan. You know, that's like the one inventor that I can think about that we spoke about or learned about in school. Um, there were so many, so many other influential and important people in history and our history that is just overlooked. Mm -hmm. um, which, like I said, leads us to where we are today. Um, when it comes to Carter G. Woodson, you know, he was a historian, um, someone who wanted the black man or the black woman to be um, uh, exposed and everybody, you know, he wants to make sure that, you know, everybody is aware of who we are as a people, you know? So he created, he invented a Negro, Negro week, right? Negro history week, I believe it was called, yeah. um, which is um, at the time, I guess it was, it was a monumental thing, you know? Um, but it, it transformed and it morphed into what we have now, which is uh, black history month. So what, what is your take on the concept of black history month? Like, being recognized here in, in, in America as, you know, an opportunity to highlight some of our, uh, uh, our, our great uh, contributors, mm -hmm. contributors to, uh, to history. Yeah, I, I feel it is great. Um, 
I feel a lot of us who don't have the knowledge of the history of what the month is about or is supposed to be about may have some some um, disconnection to it. You know, many of us, especially growing up, always people say, "Oh, why is this month in February the shortest month of the year?" This and that they showing this out, but if you if you studied Carter G. Wilson and his works, you know he put it in that month because that was the month that Frederick Douglass was born and Abraham Lincoln was born. Right. So he made that month. He put Black History Month in that month just for that reason alone. It had nothing, nothing to do with the dates, nothing to do with the, the, the days of the month. But he had it because, you know, Frederick Douglass was, was a very honorary abolitionist, right? Someone right. who fought for his freedom and, and someone who we commend and, and uh, respect. And, and, and Abraham Lincoln was a man who at the time was like a hero, you know what I mean? Air quotes, hero to the Black people. Mm-hmm. for the Emancipation Proclamation and Correct. freeing slaves. Correct. Right. So um, that, that to me is, is, is a good point because, again, a lot of people may not do the knowledge to see why February was the month mm-hmm. where black history was celebrated. So I'm glad you touched on that. Um, well, with that being said, do you feel like it's still necessary? Of course. Um, look at how we're represented in media, in movies, TV shows, magazines, podcasts, schools, everywhere. Look, just look at how we're portrayed and represented, right? If, if many of us knew who we were, where we came from and knew better, we, wouldn't be, we would not be represented the way we're represented in a lot of our stuff today. So for instance, um, you have things such as, well, for one, the educational system, okay. right? The majority of the educational system is not run or operated or managed by a black person. Facts. Right? So in order to op- keep someone oppressed, you don't teach them who they are. You don't teach them their greatness. You don't teach them where they come from. You, te- you give them your history and let them eat off of that and grow from it, mm-hmm. right? So if you, you have a child who, say for instance, he, he has an innate ability of being a robotics engineer, Mm-hmm. A young person can build anything with any type of metal, anything at all, with their hands. But all they grow up seeing in school is black people who are um, athletes, yeah, or... athletes, or someone who is um, who has been captured, right? I don't like oh, even, okay, uh, okay. I like using the word that you know black people being slaves, but who have been captured or people who are in a, a destitute situation. Right. You know what are you showing that young man? Similar to, similar to what Malcolm X went through when he was Malcolm Little at the time. Okay. Right? Okay. Malcolm X wanted to be, I believe, a lawyer. And his teacher was like, ah, I think you go with your hands. You should be a mechanic. Okay. Right? right. So that already put um a, a a negative mindset on young Malcolm at the time. It's like, oh well, damn, maybe I'm not good enough to amount to be where I where I feel my gift is at, using my oratorical skills to make people make, make people and things better. Right. But Malcolm had to go to prison to find who he was. Mm. But mm. just imagine if that teacher told him, say, you know what? You are a great speaker. You do have great oratorical skills. You are very intelligent. I'm going to make sure that I put you in the direction of becoming a lawyer. This is the, this is the steps, steps you need to take to become a lawyer. And matter of fact, here's, here are a list of lawyers that, that look just like you, mm. right? So if you need references, here are these people right here. So, so a, a, a person of authority, right, to a, to a young child who, who a teacher is, right, in a way, you know, as a person of authority, um, that they see, you know, all day long, repeatedly, day in, day out, all school year long, will literally shape a person's mind for good or for 
for bad, you know what I mean? Or for lack of a better terms, you can basically help a young person get on a path to greatness, right? Or you could stifle that path, you know what I'm saying? You could, you could give them that detour just on the strength that he's a you know, little, black, little black boy or a little black girl, you know what I mean? So that's, that's, that's how I perceive what, you know, what, what you're saying as far as that's concerned. Um, so definitely shout out to the, to the educators, the teachers out there that, are, uh, that recognize the, 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 the importance of their job and, and, and do what they, they know should be done in order to make sure that these kids are like, you know, on the right path to greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, but just as far as like a necessity point of view, just going, just going back to whether it's necessary, like, why February? Why not the whole year? Why, why, why limit the, 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 the history of, of our people to just one month when it's obvious that the things that we've accomplished and the achievements and the people that have, have, have made history are making it all throughout the year. You know what I mean? Why not recognize it all throughout the year? Yeah, you know I, what I mean? That's, that's a very great and very popular question. So the intent of uh, Carter G. Wilson was to make it that way. So he started off as a week. It gained momentum. He said, okay, we're going to do it for a whole month because we need to have it where at least one month out of the year, black people need to remember who they are, right? And, and it doesn't stop. He said that it doesn't stop in February. This is something you should celebrate all year round. Mm-hmm. Similar to Kwanzaa and the Nguzu Saba, mm-hmm. right? Those mm-hmm. seven principles for those seven days, all for those seven days, those principles are intended to be operated and utilized all year round. Mm-hmm. So again, it's back to foundation. You give someone a foundation, now it's up to you to continue the growth, to continue the maturation process and the nurturing of it. So you know Black Christmas Month is February. March 1st, you should, you should still continue to keep learning about who you are, mm-hmm. right? And, and don't just limit yourself to America, right? Because Black people have done things, great things all over this globe. Um, Canada, yes. Central America, South America, the Caribbean, Africa, in Asia, Australia, Right? Yes, we, yes. we are the indigenous people of this planet. So there's nothing that has been ever done or created without person without a person of melanin, right? So we can, we, can, we can go back to one of the time periods that I didn't learn about until I was uh, um, in my late 20s mm-hmm. about the Moors. Mm. Um, you know, knowing about this time period from 711 to 1492 that these Africans from Morocco and Mauritania went into Europe and, and colonized Europe. Okay. Right. They okay. they they taught them how to bathe, taught them how to eat, mm-hmm. taught them how to use a, a toilet, right? Taught them how to. They basically taught them, raised them up how to be adults, right? For seven hundred years, you had Africans going to Europe. Because th- th- that time period in Europe, it was dark ages, right? They, in school, they don't teach you what the dark ages were. Mm. It was dark for them, but who? But what was it for everybody else? Light, brother. I'm saying yeah. flourishing in the sun yes. with, with food and the fruits, and you know. It, but again, it goes back to education. If you mm. teach someone just their part of the history, you, 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 you always think, so where were black people at? Black people weren't there in this time period, right? Mm. I remember asking these kind of questions when I was in school too. Like, like okay, we're learning about this time period. Um, you know, Europeans came over to the Americas and the Caribbean. So where were black people at? You trying right. to tell me that these people were here before us? Right, right, right. right they could right, never right. answer the question, but they wouldn't even answer either. So I've always been a very... Um, a, a very eager person. If someone doesn't give me the answer, I will do my best to go out and seek what I need to know. Right. So 
goes back to that where have to you have to you have to be diligent in knowing and looking for the information, right? It's like the great saying says, once the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm. So once you go out searching for it, it will find you. So then we shouldn't be expecting the school systems as designed today to teach us anything about our history. Of course not. It, it, it should be on our, it should be us. It should be on our own, uh, uh, I guess, merit and, you know, on our own accord to go out there and do the research. You know what I mean? Teach our kids what it is to, to grow up as a, a, a person in America, right? In current times, but then also teach them what it is, you know, as far as our history, like, you know, what, what it was, you know, um, growing up in, 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 in uh, early, early days of this country. And then, you know, tracing it back to, you know, the, 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 the contributions of, you know, um, I guess the African, the African, you know, diaspora, you know, how, how do we come up with the African diaspora? You know what I mean? So all of these things is things that we basically going to have to teach ourselves. Like for me personally, I never, I never, I, it wasn't until like I got into my twenties, maybe even like my early thirties where I started to learn about a lot of these different, um, um, African Kings like Mansa Musa, you know, um, started to learn about, um, Toussaint Louverture, you know what I mean? Like I heard, I heard Toussaint Louverture as a kid because, um, you know, my, my parents are Haitian, you know, I'm from a Haitian background and everything. Um, so I, I do remember hearing stories about him, especially, you know, to the, in, in the school that I specifically went to, um, it was, it was called the bilingual center, PS 189. Um, and they had, um, a heavy, heavy Haitian population. So I was lucky enough to learn about Toussaint Louverture through my, uh, my time over there. Um, and other, um, you know, uh, Haitian uh, contributors to uh, history and independence. Dessalines. Dessalines, Jean-Jacques Dessalines. Um, so, I mean, I guess I'm going off on a little tangent, but what I'm trying to say basically is it's, it's up to us to really take the reins and, and, and teach um, kids, yeah. right? Because trying to learn something like this from a system that was designed to, to, to keep us oppressed is like, doesn't even make any sense. You cannot expect your oppressor to teach the uh, teach us to you know to to uplift ourselves or right. to free ourselves mentally right. to enslave ourselves from you know what's being fed has been fed to us for generations. I mean, gotcha. that, that would be asinine for people to actually expect that to say you know what we've oppressed you for four hundred plus years. Um, you know we've generated wealth, generated all types of things from your labor, mm -hmm. from your energy and your efforts. And now we're gonna give you and teach you how to do it yourself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. without any fight or holdback or anything at all. We're not gonna give you reparations, we're not gonna give you anything at all to assist you in your upliftment, right? Right. But we do know that if we keep teaching you the same way we are doing, we're gonna keep creating prisons, we're gonna keep creating poor housing situations, poor eating situations, food deserts, poor situations so that we can continually and genera generationally monetize and benefit off of you. Right, right. Yeah, man. Um, the first the first time I ever gave this whole concept any any thought was um I'd probably say maybe about 10 years ago. And I saw uh a, a interview, a 60 minute interview with Morgan Freeman. And uh the dude that was interviewing him, I can't remember what's his name, you I know. know you're talking about older European guy. 
Yeah, all that's, the, all that's the, about Europe. Black kids, like, why is there not? Yeah, why he, there shouldn't be a black kids month, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, that. like, that was the day, like, <laughs> the the like, my 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 brain was just just you know was was blown, like you know, because I never never thought about it. I never even you know acknowledged it. I knew that you know Black History Month was a thing, and I thought that it was a great thing. You know, it is a great thing because, like, the way you put it, um, you know, it, it should be something to acknowledge our contributions and not just limit it to just the month. You just, on March the 1st, we should still be talking about, you know, all the things, all the historic things that we contributed. Um, but when Morgan Freeman said, um, he was like, you don't want it. <laughs> that to me was kind of, kind of crazy. Um, and that's why I said, you know, I, I wanted to pose that question to you. Um, so, so where do we go from here though? Like what, what would it, what what does a, a I guess the curriculum of Black history look like to you in in this day and age? Like if you had if you were like in charge of the Department of Education, like how would you implement our history into the fabric of America? Right, like for me, like waiting until you get to college to take an African-American studies class is, is ridiculous to me. Like it shouldn't be, you can have a separate class if that's what you want to do. And for you to pay for it. And then they're going to make you pay for it. So now, <laughs> so if you're not an African studies major, you're not, you're not taking that class. Right? You should be an African studies major your whole life. Your whole life. Uh. Your whole life. Not just, you should not just wait for no college to say, oh, I'm going to stay. No, your whole life should be that. And this is not just the responsibility of the parents. It's the responsibility of the village mm. to remind themselves who they are and say, okay, I know my aunt is into this. My uncle's into that. My grandfather was a, was a mason. My, you know, your whole village should be there nurturing you saying, you know what? This is what you come from. So, right? so not so much an educational system you, you're not saying that, you know, it should be their responsibility. It's the responsibility of the community, yes. the village that you live in, yes. your aunts, your uncles, yes. your grandparents. Now, it, it being in the school is a plus, right? right? It, it's needed for sure. But it's, they also need to be um, educators and administrators who reflect the African diaspora teaching these classes so that, so that the youth is seeing it can get an honest and accurate assessment of this information. Right, you, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to um, expect a European teacher teaching me who Thomas Sankara was, or who Steve Biko was, mm. or who Queen Nzinga was. She, she, she's not gonna. You know, she's not gonna know who these people were or how they contributed to the upliftment of Black people. Right. Mm, mm -hmm. So have someone who's connected to the culture, have knowledge of it, who the culture, and who has understanding of the culture and the history. Mm. That's deep, right there. So, so if, if the change is to take place, right, where we're um, actually um, looked at as contributing members of this country, it needs to happen twofold. Once in, in the educational system where you say, you know, it should be somebody that's actually connected, that's actually did the work and did the, the research, right? You can't just put that on a European person because they're not going to be as in tune with the, the type of lessons that need to be taught. Right. So we need somebody in that role right alongside whoever the, the education czar is. I don't even know who it is with this administration. Um, well, majority of the education systems in, in America are ran operated 
by Jewish people. Mm. Okay. So okay. again, why would you expect? <laughs> why would you expect anything to have anything any upliftment to us as a people? Facts. Depending upon the according to the history. Facts. 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 Right. And then so, they, they don't know, right? Who they, don't know the the Jewish individuals or that 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 machine that's actually running the educational system. They're not aware of the greatness, or if they are aware, they just choose not to enlighten that. Again, why would they? Why would they? All right. If if it's benefiting you, the generations. Mm. Why why would you change it? Right. There has to be some sort of revolution to change that. Right. Right. And when I say revolution, people always think that it has to go to the extreme of violence. Or revolution just means a recharging, a resurging. Right. A vote is an energy charge, right. and re means again. So just a, a spark again of what has become um, desolate or docile, or has been going. You're just sparking it up again to say, hold on. I'm not, we're not comfortable in what's going on. I need to, you know, when you, when you, when you have a car and it's been sitting there for a while, you try to start it up. It may not go, but you, you get some jumper cables, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Give it that right. spark. You're ready to go now. Right. Right. right so right. It's, it's a similar contrast. Gotcha. 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 So, and then also, like you said, so from a village standpoint, um, I, like one of the things I always thought about was um, like creating like these after school programs, right? For, for the kids. To, to touch on the things that I feel personally <clears throat> that I didn't learn about growing up, mm-hmm. you know, um, starting a program where, especially in the community where, you know, you got a lot of these young black kids that are running around and maybe, you know, they might be into the wrong thing or whatever the case is, but give them an opportunity and outlets to really, you know, channel that energy and you know and then mm-hmm. learn you know what i'm saying learn where they come from and you know develop a certain amount of skills that they may need you know what i'm saying to go in whatever direction that, that they want to go in um so that's the, when you when you say it takes a village that's how i envision it for me personally like i would love to be able to have that type of facility set up in communities you know all over the, the yeah. new york area you know and beyond but there's at least two that i know about two african cultural um, centers, right? A program that are in Brooklyn, right? One's Ife Tayo, okay. Cultural Arts Academy, and Asasia. I got both my sons are in Ife Tayo. Older son been in Ife Tayo since he's about three. Um, but again, like if, if the community isn't speaking about these things or letting the parents know, like, look, you know, you have a young black son, he more than likely, well, if he is going to a school that's primarily black, right? He, um, he or she, may still need some assistance, but especially if your child is going to a school where he's um, I'm, uh, definitely not the top uh, population, mm-hmm. he will definitely definitely need that reinforcement mm-hmm. of being comfortable amongst their own, right? So that they're not, I, I had to, I have an experience, right? So I was, I was born, in, born in Brooklyn. Like I said, both my parents were from Barbados. Um, my mother moved me to New Jersey when I was nine. <clears throat> Fortunately, South Jersey too, close to Philly. Fortunately, the part of, um, Jersey moved to a city called Willingboro. Willingboro at the time was primarily a black city, right? Did so, I know that? And I and I know that area. I yeah. know I know Willingboro. Right. So Willingboro is pr- primarily black city. Okay. So fortunately, I was born and raised in a black city, and then a black neighborhood in Flatbush, Brooklyn, moving to a black city. Right. So I didn't see no shift or paradigm. Obviously, it was a cultural thing, but I didn't see a big shift. But now, when I went to high school, now. We moved again to a place called Burlington, New Jersey. Okay. Right? Right. So 
this is my first time actually going to school with European kids. Right. At the time period, I would say the percentage was about 75% them and 25% us. Okay. Right? So that was a huge culture shock. See, I remember the first day registering. My mother even told me she was taking me from Willingboro to this place. I'm, afraid, I'm in the guidance counselor's office registering. I'm in there crying. <laughs> like tears coming off face. I'm like, Yo, what are you doing to me? Right? right. It's such a, a huge cultural shock because I feel comfortable amongst my own people. Right. Right? And I know that what I will have to prepare myself for now being in a different environment. And fortunately, I had that foundation already, right? From kindergarten up to this time period of knowing who I am, knowing where I come from, knowing um, the power in myself, right? Yes, and the pride yes. in myself. Yes. So when I went to that school, a lot of black kids didn't know how to receive me because they looked, they looked at me like, who is this guy that, you know, think he's so, so honorary, mm, right? Mm. Not knowing as I got older, these are kids who've been in their school systems from the time they married in pre-K, right? Mm, mm. Up this time period. So they never saw um, a black Somebody, child who right. knew who they were, right? right? They grew up around Europeans all day long. So that's what they imitate. That's what they grow to see. And, and, and you know, they, they had that inferiority thing where, like, you know, I used to, so I used to talk back to the teachers. I, I'll talk to anybody, but not mm. in a disrespectful way. Right. The teachers always say, I, I respect you. Like, you know, what, 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 you know, I'm like, nah, I know where I come from. You're not going to talk to me or anybody who look like me in the wrong, in the wrong manner. Right. 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 Especially in my presence. It's not, it's not happening. Check your tone. Yeah. <laughs> and when, when those kids start seeing that, I say, what? like, man, this, you know, this, this kid is, is serious. Right. Right. Like, yeah. Like, you know, don't you know where you come from? But at the time period, I thought all black kids grew up like me. Right. Grew up around a black um, nucleus and, and black culture and feeling comfortable amongst themselves. Right. And that's the reason why you have so many kids who are what they call back then class counts. Cause they're in an environment they don't feel comfortable in. They don't know how to express how they're feeling, right? Mm -hmm. So they, they they watch TV, they see that, you know, the black kids are supposed to be the ones who quit doing the jokes, being disruptive. And they, you know, and they they mimic it in the classroom because that's what they've been taught. Right. right? The teachers say, oh, you, you know, keep your head up or you're not supposed to be doing this. And they feel, they, they don't feel comfortable. They don't know how to, how to express themselves to authority who don't, who don't look like them, right? Mm -hmm. They feel they're going to be reprimanded. They feel they're going to be uh, ridiculed shame, all these things. So they do other things to try to make other people laugh, right? Mm, to make them mm. feel comfortable. Okay. I wasn't like that. Okay. All right, that's dope, man. So that knowledge itself. It's imperative. It's a real thing. It's, it's imperative, it's man. It's a real like, thing. Like, like I said, I didn't know how serious it was until after I graduated high school and I started talking to other kids who went to high school. They used to be like, I now see what you used to be talking about. Like, I, I now understand your mindset, mm. right? They, they, they went to an HBCU or they went to somewhere else or they just got outside of that environment where it's like, I can be myself now. And not only can I be myself, I don't have to be what I've been taught to be in this system. Right. Right. Cause the system didn't have you in mind to begin with. Not at all. You know what I mean? So Not yeah, at all. definitely, man. That's, that's a, takes me back too, man, to back when, um, when I was in high school and I could think about situations where I felt like I had to compromise or, you know, had to act a certain way. You know what I mean? Um, because I, I'll be the first to tell you, I wasn't a confident kid, you know, growing up. You know, I, I was a follower. You know, I ended up, you know, just trying to get in where I fit in, you know. And um, that ended up causing me a situation where I had to actually leave because I was doing terrible. Um, you know, I was going to school in Brooklyn, had to get up and get up out of here to try to be able to focus on my schoolwork. And, and I ended up moving down to D.C., 
and ended up going to a high school that was, um, I would say, it, it was, I think it was a healthy mix. I, I, I wouldn't say it was mostly white uh, students. I think it was about half and half, I would say. But it was a culture shock for me coming from Brooklyn because going to school in Brooklyn was, it was like 90%, you know what I'm saying, black. So it was definitely a period where I just had to like, kind of like, um, you know, adjust, you know, a little bit of a culture shock. And, uh, and I, it was also like a situation where I learned a lot, you know what I'm saying? I was able to, you know, do a lot of knowledge and kind of like figure out that, um, you know, I, I missed out on a lot, you know what I'm saying? Going to school in New York because out there, the school was a very good school. Um, shout out to Woodrow Wilson, um, senior high school in DC. I, I ended up, you know, learning a lot that I don't think I was ever exposed to in New York being in Brooklyn. Um, so, um, just going back though, man, black history month, man, it's just it's definitely something that I feel like has to be, um, celebrated all year long. You know what I mean? Um, I try <laughs> to, um, you know, I, I don't really, not really heavy on social media, but you know, obviously with this podcast and I'm trying to launch, you know what I'm saying? I have to be a little bit more involved and I need to make sure that, you know, um, some of the things that we talk about, um, and some of the things that I post is definitely going to have that undertone. You know what I mean? I definitely want to use that platform as a way to <clears throat> um, highlight a lot of the things that we're not being taught, you know, in school, you know, I'm taking it upon myself doing that, you know, taking that challenge to like, you know, just put it out there, you know. And it's your obligation, not just to your audience, it's your obligation to your family, right? especially all the younger people in your family too. They should, you, should, you should be able to give them a gem and jewel every time they see you, right? So like, for instance, like my oldest son, he's nine, right? So like I said, it's, it's Black Hipsy Month every month in my household. Me and my wife were on the same frequency and vibration. We don't, we don't play around with that foolishness. Mm -hmm. Like we watch my oldest son, like I said, at his age, I was exposed to things that now looking back, I'm like, damn, should I, should I have been watching that that age? Back, yeah, like, yeah. I must've been like six, seven years old watching Glory, mm. watching uh, Shaka Zulu. Mm. Um, you know, and I'm like, you know, at that time period, I'm like, you know, it's kind of a thing, but I look at it now I'm like, okay, so this is part of my foundation, right? Mm. Having these kind of images. But my son, I had my son watching Quilombo. I'm kind of watching Serafina. I'm watching these things where you have ideas of black people outside of this country and you be knowledgeable enough to know that black people are everywhere in this world, mm -hmm, right? If mm -hmm. you follow this media, you have to think that black people only live in this, only in this country in Africa. Where you go anywhere in this world, you'll find somebody black. Oh yeah, for everywhere sure. Everywhere in this world, Absolutely. Right? So, but you ask many of our young people here in this country, they, 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 won't, they won't know that, right? But if you show them images or stories, like, friends, like I said, my, my fans are from Barbados. So I do it as my oldest son, he knows some of the, uh, or one of the primary, Fighters, freedom fighters, or warriors from Barbados, name uh, someone named by the name of General Bussa. Right? Okay, um, nine years old, he already knows this, right? right? So he he, right. he identifies, right. he knows, and it just starts there. It's like, okay, you know this, okay, let's go to the next island, or let's go to the next state, mm -hmm. let's go to the next country, let's let's continue learning and growing, and you have an understanding of being that you know you're not just an African Caribbean American boy, you're a global citizen. Wherever you go, you're gonna find someone who looks just like you. Right, whether it be Mexico, whether it be Guatemala, whether it be Panama, whether it be Cuba, whether it be Ethiopia, no matter it, wherever you go, you are right. gonna find somebody who like you, right? right? And it's for a reason. That that should be a clue to you, 
that you and people who look like you have created everything on this planet. This foundation is going to be strong. Yeah, everything on this planet, your people have created everything. There's nothing right. on, on this earth that a black person hasn't created. You know, interestingly enough, you mentioned global citizen. Um, I, I, I realized I did a little research. Black History Month is also celebrated in Canada as well as uh, uh, the UK. But I couldn't find anywhere else. Like, it, it was, it was kind of crazy to me. I was like. You know what? Speak on it. I don't know for sure, but for you saying Canada and the UK, um, those are the three primary places that African people from the Caribbean migrated to. Okay. Canada, UK, and America. Mm. So that's probably the reason why they're there. Because the three largest places that African people from the Caribbean migrated to, North America, Canada, and the UK. And the UK. Right. 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 Strong, strong um, uh, Caribbean and African presence in, yeah. in those I mean, countries. The majority of the people who started a lot of these movements were people from the Caribbean. Right. Right. Kwame Ture, Marcus Garvey. Marcus Garvey. Um, you know, Elijah Muhammad. Yes. Yes. Elijah Muhammad is from Barbados. No, nah, not Barbados. Uh, one of his parents. I don't remember uh, where his parents are from. Was it Singh? Oh, sorry, not Elijah Muhammad. Miss Louis Farrakhan. Farrakhan. Sorry. Right, right, right. Farrakhan. I remember. I, I don't remember exactly. I don't want to say St. Kitts, but it's one of those. Uh, yeah, it's definitely he, one of those islands. But, but he definitely has, yeah, he definitely has the Caribbean ancestry. Um, yeah, definitely shout out to Honorable, Honorable Mal Minister. Malcolm X. Malcolm X Canadian. as well. I mean, so, mm -hmm. it, 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 you know, there was a, there was a huge spark. See, there, people put it realize too that there's something where you take, take people out of their element and you put them in an element that's similar compared to you take someone out of the element and put them in an element they're not accustomed to. Right. Right. So people who went from Africa to the Caribbean, a similar element compared to people who were from Africa to, to North America. Right. Cause you, now you have, you still have the sun, you still got the foods, you still got access to creating your own culture. Yeah. You know, smaller area where you can create maroon communities, mm -hmm. right. You could, you could mm -hmm. run away and, you know, do other things. Compared to you in this large landmass in North America, you don't know where you are. Right. Right. You're, you're in cold. You're in, you know, you have to eat things that you're not accustomed to. You're, you know, it, it's, it's different. Right. It's different. Right. Right. For sure. But still, we still have to do a better job in unifying ourselves, looking at ourselves being unified, whether you be from the Americas, whether you be from the continent, we, 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 anywhere at all. I feel that's one of our major flaws is that, um, Yes, it's, it's great to have pride and culture, you being from a Caribbean island or you being from North America or you being from one of the countries in Africa. But, you know, we have to unify. Right? There's, there's, un there's strength and unity and there has to be a much better form of unity as us as a people. Man, you hit it right on the head, man. That's, that's, that's the key. You know, unity, getting everybody on the same page with what it is that needs to be done. Like, there's so much work that needs to be done still, you know what I mean? Um, when it comes to, you know, where we are and where we need to be. Um, so that's like a whole nother episode right <laughs> there, man. Unity is, is key, you know. Shout out <clears throat> to Queen Latifah, yo. Yeah. You know what I mean? She was talking about it, what, 20, 30 years ago, you know what I mean? And it's just like, you know, we still need that same, that same type of unity today. Cause you see what's going on out here, man. Out the so, vibration at the time with, with hip hop. Like yeah, early nineties, yeah. late eighties, it was about unity. Yeah. You have artists coming together, creating positive messages, self-destruction, stuff like that. 
you know, you're not gonna have anything like that with these younger rappers nowadays because you know the, the time is different, right? Man, time is totally different. Facts, yo. Shout out to Man. Shelf Destruction too. They just had their uh, thirty. I want to say it's a thirty-second year anniversary of that particular song. Wow. You know what I'm saying? D Nice, uh, you know, produced it. Karis One, obviously, that whole Stop the Violence movement, Self Destruction yeah. movement. Um, I just celebrated their anniversary um, this past week, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I just imagine if, if the youth rappers of today could come together and do something like that, right? But but majority of their music is self destructive. It one hundred percent, one hundred percent. It would be it would it would not only be an oxymoron for them because their their content isn't that on that level or even about it. Um, it would probably hinder their future with their record labels, right? <laughs> But they had like, but they had a healthy mix of messages in the past, yo, back in the days. Like you could talk about yeah. what was going on in the streets. You could, you could be braggadocious and all of that. You could talk about the fly bends and you know what I'm saying? The Dapper Dan outfits. But then you could also say like, yo, this is what it really is. You know what I'm saying? Let's, you know, we out here, we doing this, you know, the, the, the service to ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's stop the violence. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Let's come together. Let's unify. You know what I mean? They had, you know, different outlooks and, you know, different content. Now it's like everybody's the same. It's no one, you no. know what I'm saying? Well, what they're pushing, no what balance. they're pushing is not yeah. on that wave. No what balance. There's no balance no anymore. Balance. You know what I'm saying? There's no definitely artists that are out there that are still talking and still fighting a good fight when it comes to like, you know, black power and, you know what I'm saying? Self-love and all of that. But what's being pushed out there is just one focus. It's all mm-hmm. about, you know, you know, getting that money, getting to that bag, glorifying, you know, women, fast cars, and jewelry. Killing and anybody who, who looks just like you. Killing anybody that I'm looks saying? like you that gets in your way from that yeah. bag. You know yeah. what I mean? So I guess, you know, I don't know. I'm just the old dude that just nah. likes 90s nah. music, man. Nah. See that? And, it, that. and this, this, is, this is where we as, as men, have to do a better job of stepping up, right? We have yeah. to use our voice and our say and our love and say, look, man, it's cool what you're doing, but if, but, you, if you're claiming you're an artist, see, I, I take it, I take it personally because I'm an artist. Right. I'm like, okay, what you're doing is cool, it's cute, but if you're a real artist, challenge me on doing something completely opposite of what you're doing. Let me let me see if you are a real artist, right? Mm. You're, you're writing about killing yourself, disrespecting women who, who look just like you, degrading dark, you know, dark skin women, all kind of other things. You, you, you're doing everything that's self-destructive. Mm. Now, let me see if you can do something like that about yourself that uplifts you and everything else, right? So many of them may not be able to do it because, again, they may not, see, they may not have an example of it. Right. They may need a hug. Right. They may need assistance in, you know, having the proper direction. Right. So, again, it, it, it needs the OGs, the older gods, the elders have to be there to give them guidance and say, you know what? Like I said, what you're doing is cool, but if you're going to claim you're an artist or, or you want to be doing this for a long period of time, have longevity in your artistry or in your voice, you can have to show growth, right? Because similar to how even Jay-Z, right? right Jay-Z right. used to be counting Nas, Nas, you know, oh, you, you trying to kick that out, nah, nah, nah. But what, what kind of things is, is Jay-Z trying to do now with his lyrics? Right, right, you know what right. right. I'm saying? Right, absolutely. absolutely. So basically what you're saying is a certain responsibility as an artist or as a, as, as a, as a black person in general. Of course. To, to, to artists specifically though, to take, that platform that you have, right? Take that ability that you have to reach the masses and let's put some upliftment in those lyrics. Let's, let's, you know what I'm saying? Let's 
have that balance where, you know, it, it, it can be, it could be party time, but then it could also be like, let's, let's, let's see what's really going on to us out here and let's see how we can address that and how we can your, fix that. Your words are seeds to the ears. Yeah. Right? So the words you, you give out or lend out or give out, when they land in someone's ears, that's their soil. Mm. You keep planting these seeds and everything's going to keep watering it. And you're going to, you know, you're, you're programming who keeps listening to it all day long. Like, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure you're, ever, you're um, pretty knowledgeable about if you grew up listening to a, a Tupac song, right? Or DMX song, you, you had a, it gave you a certain feel, right? right? Rather than you listen to like a heavy D song. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So it's all about your words, your message, your intent. You know, it's right. very, very right. important. And I can say, go back to history, right? So a lot of these young rappers, young youth in general, study the history, history of how things came about, how things were. Right. How these people like Busta Rhymes are still out here doing this thing Definitely. all these years later. Definitely. Shout right? out Bust, yo. Yeah, man, Brooklyn, man. Well, you know, shout Another out Another cat I used to see taking the little son to the daycare, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Back in the days, yo. I, I, I commend people who, like I said, as an artist, I commend people who do things as an artist for 10 years plus. Yeah. Because it's not easy. Every, everything operates in cycles, right? So once you hit nine years, nine is the number of cycle, it cycles complete. And you're still able to continue your cycle, keep doing what you're doing. That's, that's amazing. Yes, yes, indeed. I'm, I'm going to do that, man. I'm, I'm going to take on the responsibility. You know, I'm going to own that and try to, you know, work with the youth. Um, and work with not even just the youth, my peers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of my peers. Yes. Are, Starts are, there. Are, are, you know what I mean? Are not, you know, on that path. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So... Um, I'm going to take on that responsibility. As you said earlier, we all should take on that responsibility, right? It shouldn't be that, um, that figurehead that's, you know, in sports right now, whoever's hot right now in sports or whoever's hot right now in, in entertainment, you know, let's not put that responsibility on them. They have the responsibility, right? Because of who of they are and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. However, we as individuals also can take that responsibility. Yeah, we are so much more diverse and intellectual and greater than just sports and entertainment. Right. right? Like I said right. before, everything that has been created on this planet, we have created. Right, right, right. So we are much more complex, more intellectual than just sports and entertainment. Facts. So we have to remind our youth of that. We have to remind ourselves of that. And we have to exemplify and, and show that, that we are that. Copy, copy. Yo, man, I appreciate you, brother. Yo, listen, um, this was like a very enlightening experience for me, man. Just chopping it up with you, yeah, being bro. able to um to learn. Like I'm, I always want to like surround myself around people that I can learn from, right? Somebody that's going to make me sharp. You know what I mean? And I definitely um put you in that category, man. Thank you, brother. Absolutely, right, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, still sharp and still, man. Still sharp yeah. and still. You already know, for real. Um, so go ahead and, um, let the people know, man, how could they reach you? Um, talk about what you might have going on right now, what your plans are for 2021. All right. Well, um, my social media handles is Negus Adeyemi, N-E-G-U-S-A-D-E-Y-E-M-I. Um, my company is Adeyemi Artistry. You could follow me and my business, um, handle as well too, at Adeyemi Artistry. I said I have, you know, greeting cards coming out every month, new cards. Um, I'm doing some poetry writing programming with, with a few uh, organizations in New York City right now, working on expanding that. Um, and 
planning on putting out two poetry books this year. Okay. One in April, one in October. Okay. And um, yeah, just continue to use my words to uplift, to inspire, to better, and and just to protect. And that's that's a form of my gift I'm gonna use as a as just a skill. I mean, to navigate through this world. Okay, okay, that's what's up. When it comes to your greeting cards, um, are you doing? Uh, I know you're doing the poetry. Are you also doing like the, the design, the graphics? Or? No, no, no. I, I, um, I have poetic greeting cards. So inside all my greeting cards, there's poems on the inside. So every occasion, there's a poem on the inside in correlation to the occasion, whether it be anniversary, congratulations, graduation, Father's Day, Mother's Day, um, Black History Month, Valentine's, everything. Okay. So um, I have another brother who does my illustrations for me. Gotcha. But I'm the one who puts the words in. Gotcha. Okay. All right. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. And um, looking forward to the the the, the books. You know, definitely. Um, let me know when those drop. Oh yeah, I definitely want to support that. And um, and and any any poetry readings if you have, you know, coming up. You know, that's how I remember you actually invited me to um poetry reading. This was probably back in twenty sixteen or so, twenty seventeen maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was uh on that spot on um on Bedford Ave. Yeah, Inkwell. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was, I, I had to say, man, that was my first uh, time attending the poetry. Oh, yeah, true, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had yeah, a great yeah. time, man. Yeah, yeah, I remember so, you there. So, so definitely, if uh, anybody has an opportunity, once things get back, I, I ain't gonna say get back to yeah, normal, yeah, yeah. but but when things open up to where you know we can actually you know participate and, and you know get 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 into those um, social settings again, man, definitely trying to get into those uh, poetry readings, man. I recommend it for sure. Appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely, man. So once again, thank you for coming through. Press, thank you, family. No problem, no problem, man. And um, you know, blessings to you and the family for the rest of the year. Thank you, bro. All right, all right. Peace, peace. Hey, thank you guys for checking out the podcast. Appreciate you rocking with me. You can uh, find this podcast on my IG, my Twitter, and my Facebook. It's going to be On The Air With Prez on, like I said, IG, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can also find it on, you know, all the regular streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple, YouTube, and also on the BPL Network. That's the Beats, Pods, and Life Network. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Thanks a lot.